You're listening to Three Things to Know with Stephanie Haney, with experts and insiders on what you need to know in Northeast Ohio. Hello there, everybody. Welcome back to the Three Things to Know podcast. I'm Stephanie Haney, and I am very excited to have you back here with me today. You know, one of my favorite things to talk about is love and relationships and all of that kind of interpersonal stuff. And today we're talking about the dark side of love and relationships because we're talking about love scams. Now, this is something that's very popular right now. I recently watched that Tinder Swindler documentary on Netflix. There's also that series, Bad Vegan. So both of these are kind of about people being taken advantage of in the romantic world. And if you're not familiar yet, the Tinder Swindler is about a man who's accused of being a con man. And the story of this is wild. He got these women to take out loans for him and do all these things and really put themselves in some pretty serious financial situations for him. Also, under the guise of a romantic situation. One of them actually was even a friendship which is absolutely wild. And this person, his actual name is Shimon Hyatt. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that properly, but he reinvented himself as Simon Lviv. And this was a a fictional character. He called himself the son of Lev Lviv, a diamond billionaire. So you can look up all of this online. It's legitimate. Now this person says he didn't do anything wrong, that he was just trying to meet some ladies and contends that he didn't do anything. That's his story. But I first heard about the Tinder swindler and I thought to myself, how could anyone fall for this? How could anyone give up these tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of dollars in some situations and not be clued into something? But then I watched it. And if you haven't watched it, if you're at all interested in this space, you got to just watch it because it's fascinating the way this person was able to just, you know, you see it. You see it in the text messages. You see the proof in the documentary. Fabricate these situations and then make it a very scary scenario. There were moments when he was threatening these people. So that's just one example, okay? This other documentary-style series, it's called Bad Vegan, and this is the story of a New York restaurateur and this person had an empire that basically fell because this person met someone who promised her the world and it didn't turn out to stack up. And it's not just these high profile situations where this is happening, okay? These are terrible, terrible scenarios, but it happens to a lot of people. Case in point, you know, I'm going to come with the facts for you, right? Okay, so the FTC released this report that in the past five years, people have reported losing $1.3 billion, with a B, dollars to romance scams. That's more than any other FTC fraud category. Here are the other categories, just so you know, the top five, the rest of the top five. Online shopping scams, prizes, sweepstakes, and lotteries internet services, and business and job opportunities. Those are the top five. And by a long shot, these love and romance scams are at the top of this. So here's some more numbers for you. In 2021, people reported losing $541 million in the year for love scams. That's more than six times the amount that were reported to be lost in 2017. So it seems like this number, I mean, it doesn't seem like it. This number is going up, okay? Of course, we don't 
know if people weren't reporting things previously, but based on what's reported, based on the numbers we have from the FTC, it's going up. And it increased 80% from 2020 to 2021. Now, I know you're thinking, sure, there's like probably some people at the very top who are losing a lot of money, you know, really rich people being taken advantage of by not so rich people. No, the median reported loss in 2021 was $2,400. That could impact a lot of people. That's not just necessarily the super rich. That's probably impacting a lot of people that $2,400 means a lot to. That amount of money would mean a lot to me, for sure. I'm sure it might mean a lot of a lot to a lot of the people who are listening to this podcast and watching it. It's a lot of money. And there's this other service. The service is called Bin Verified. And their spam call complaint monitor kind of looks at these numbers. And they say that romance scams started by text message or phone calls in the 22 months after the pandemic shutdown began. So it's 22 months since March of 2020. So very close to the last two years. Increased almost 200% based on the complaints that they have logged at Bin Verified's spam call complaint monitor. So they're getting to us. People are getting to people and, you know, the isolation of the pandemic, not very helpful. So we want to get to the root of this and sort of kind of understand how people can fall for these love scams and how it doesn't mean that you're a dumb person, but it happens. It happens to the best of us. So our guest today is psychotherapist and counselor Claire Postle. She's from The Ohio State University, and her specialization is in sex therapy. So she's hearing about this stuff. She's hearing about these romance scams and can talk to us about why it happens, who these people are targeting, what we can do to keep ourselves safe, and what we can do if we do, you know, heaven forbid, fall victim to these love scams, which make for entertaining watches on Netflix, but not so entertaining if you've got to share that story or make that police report or talk to that friend and tell them this happened this happened to me so we're gonna bring claire in right now and she's gonna help us get in the know on that let's say hello to her right now claire thank you for joining us on the three things to know podcast thank you for inviting me this is an interesting topic it is fascinating and it's obviously caught the attention of you know the culture at the moment with these documentaries like The Tinder Swindler and, you know, Bad Vegan and these different uh, sort of mainstream conversations that we're now having about these love scams. So Mm -hmm. let's just get to the bare bones of it to get started. What are some of these love scams that people are sort of falling prey to? Yeah, I think the most common one, which I think became kind of popularized with the term is like catfishing. And it's like this kind of bait and switch. You meet someone, you think it's this one person and it's not. And, uh, and so that is like kind of what it can look like and maybe is most common are people posing as someone who is attractive, but not too attractive, who is wealthy or maybe like is fine financially, but it falls on hard times. And, and so it is like a norm, like, a you see it most common on like uh, dating websites, but it is actually everywhere. It's on social media. It is on TikTok, you name it it's easy to find. And it isn't always behind computers. Sometimes it can even be, and I think this has become more popular in like Dateline documentaries where we see people who fall prey to like, they start dating someone and they've been lied to. And it, they, the person takes money from them. And it, it, so it's, it's maybe more common online, but it definitely happens in person too. 
Yeah. And the underlying theme, you know, you see, uh, you hate to see it happen. You know, I've seen it happen to people. And the underlying theme here is deception, right? It's yeah. some sort of deception, that sort of bait and switch feeling, you know, uh, yeah. You know, I am not in the online dating world anymore, but I was. There's definitely been some of those situations where you meet someone in person, they don't look the same as their photos. And you think about that at the most basic level, that really is part of the same thing. And it doesn't always have to be this grand thing Mm -hmm. of these people falling into these huge traps. But, you know, you've been working in this space. Do you have any stories that you're able to share of people that are falling victim to this kind of thing? So I think the most like common one that I see, especially like people who are like looking for love and they're online dating, they're being vulnerable and they meet someone and they're talking to them and like, oh my gosh, we're clicking or vibing. And then they ask for like, just like 20 bucks. Hey, my car and I guess I can't make it to your place. Uh, or I, can't, I don't have the money, the means to get to wherever we're trying to meet up. Can I borrow 20 bucks? And so it's like super like benign. It's like, yeah, 20 bucks. I, I can definitely do that, but then it can escalate. And so I've had, I've, um, I've heard of stories where people, uh, even they're, they're married or engaged to someone and they, the person just leaves with everything. And so it's not, it, it, it can really run the gamut. Um, but love does that to people. Like we, we get in kind of an altered state of thinking because we're so infatuated. We're so excited. It's, it's new. The novelty is high. And so we might not be as alert or aware of signs of red flags, or we might see them and be just able to gloss over them a lot quicker. Mm. I'm so glad you mentioned that because that is one of my next questions for you. You know, of course you're in a relationship. Someone asks you to borrow 20 bucks. You want to be there for that person. You're like, yes, let me support you. Or Mm -hmm. I've seen this happen multiple times with friends of mine. Somebody's down and out. They need a place to stay. All of a sudden they're living with you. They're living with you and they're eating all your food and then they take your car and what else can I borrow? And, and yes, and it feels like um, like this is just something we do. This is like a natural maturation of a relationship where we're connecting. We're really like, like this is moving forward. But there's boundaries that get crossed and maybe a little too quickly, um, but we can make excuses for it. Or um, I have some people who they maybe their partner, their new partner, um, that they're, the person that they're seeing is asking for things from them. And they're like, well, if I don't give this to them, are they going to leave me? And then that's like, they're, so they're living kind of based on fear of rejection. Instead of just being like, if you, if, if all you want from me is this money and I can't give it to you, then just leave me like, fine, I'm not right for you. But we're, we're a little bit more fearful than that in dating. Mm, that is that's a that's a conversation that I often have with friends is that, you know, we hope to be in a place where we're making decisions in all aspects of our life from a place of hope, from a place of love and not from a place of fear. I could definitely see how that fearful mindset can can sort of trickle in there. And that's something I want to ask you about, too, just from a, a more maybe specific standpoint here is why do people fall for these things? Are there particular vulnerabilities that these kind of scam artists target? I guarantee that there are, but I think there is this misconception. And I think this makes us vulnerable by being like, that would never happen to me. We don't, you don't know. We can be put in weird situations where maybe we're put in a um, kind of a a panicked moment or set up into a panic moment. So our decision-making is altered. Um, And so we, we can never fully be kind of immune to this. Um, and, and I think love is one of those things where 
Um, it takes trust to build trust. And so we, we give a lot more trust in dating and when we're trying to know someone. So we, we make more maybe liberties to be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to trust this person that they're being honest. I have no reason not to. And so it makes us a little bit more, more vulnerable just because we're, we're, starting something new. But I, I think the biggest misconception, and I think it kind of makes us a little bit more vulnerable, vulnerable is the thinking that it's never going to happen to me. I'm, I'm too smart for this. That only happens to dumb people. It definitely doesn't. Um, can people target people who maybe have a limited support system? Maybe, definitely. Um, or maybe who's someone who blasts a lot of their information on social media. And so that person can get in a lot quicker into like their, their more, their private business or kind of pull on those heartstrings a little bit uh, more. Like if you find out like, oh, this person's parent had cancer and I, then I can play my own sob story that will bring this person closer to me. And so those people are going to be more, maybe a little bit more vulnerable, but let's not assume that these are dumb people falling for these very intelligent people. Very people who maybe just never thought this would happen and they they fall to it. Oh my gosh, yes. And you know, just being in the dating world, you know, and you think about how long it takes to really get to know someone, I will say, it's one of my favorite uh, quotes to have, you know, lots of people in lots of stages of life. You know, I was married at one point in time fine guy, whatever, didn't work out, we were kids, but they will say, if you really want to get to know someone, divorce them. But that's kind of the thing. You really want to get to know somebody, you've got to spend some time in doing that. And and we don't all always have all of the information up front, especially if someone is kind of looking at our social media, our digital footprint, kind of figuring out what you're into. It really is easy to put up a false front. So, you know, you don't want to tell people to you know, you don't want to live in that place of fear in that regard and not let anyone in. But there is mm-hmm. definitely a certain element of, you know, wanting to, I can understand, kind of pump the brakes and take things very slowly, I guess. I th- and I think the the idea of like um, love at first sight or like really quick connection is romanticized. Oh, we knew it instantly. And so that play, like we get played it, like the, the, our heartstrings are tugged in that when someone is saying that to you of like, I've never had such a connection this quickly. Um, my feelings for you are very strong. This feels like a once in a lifetime thing. Like, oh my goodness, am I in a, a romance novel? Like this is, this is so exciting. And so we, it's easy to fall to that. It is for sure. And, you know, we talk about the damage that comes from these, obviously we've touched on maybe the financial damage, but what yeah. are some of the other ways that this can really kind of hurt people? Yeah. So financial, of course, I think that's like the biggest thing. And I think um, that's what people tend to maybe are able to empathize with maybe of, of like, oh yeah, like, oh man, she, they took you for 20,000. That's amazing. Like that's awful. You'll recover. But emotionally trust is really hard. Um, so trust is one of those things that it takes an eternity to build back. Um, we, we sometimes give it to people and, um, we hope that they nurture it and care for it, but they, we don't always. Um, and so let's say we, we give someone trust like that and it's hurt. It, it's going to take a, a bit of time to rebuild that. And so when, when it comes to kind of love scams, people who meet someone fall for them, uh, and then realize that none of it was true they start to question everything, all realities of it. And so then it's like, I met this person's parents. I met this person's, uh, you know, banker. How, like, who can I trust? And so it, it becomes not just like, who can I trust in dating? But what about, like, how can I trust that these are actually the people 
that, uh, that they're being trustworthy as well? Why is no one signaling to me that this is a bad thing? And so I think it, it becomes like, there's a, there's, I'm, there are support groups for this because it is so, um, it's, it, it's kind of crazy making. It makes us feel really unstable and insecure to anyone's, anyone's prey. Um, so it can lead to like really high anxiety, uh, tons of mistrust, um, maybe some avoidance and kind of pulling away from dating again. Um, how can I trust anyone? And like, I think there's this like idea of people having baggage and uh, it's like, oh, that person has a lot of baggage. We all have baggage. If you think you don't have baggage, you probably have a ton of untouched, untouched baggage. Like, <laughs> check yourself. But so like this would be baggage that we would carry because even if we do the do our due diligence, we, we seek counseling, we're in support groups, it's going to impact our future dating relationships and how we interact, how we attach to people. Can we attach to people in the same way? Um, and so kind of like with attachment theory, it can kind of trigger a little bit more anxious attachment versus secure. And so it definitely has a long-term impact um, that is not as, uh, we can't just quickly be like, oh, I'll just reclaim that 20,000, I'll invest well, whatever. It's not not so simple. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned attachment theory too. We did a whole podcast a little while ago on attachment theory, which is fascinating to me. You know, if you're listening yeah. or watching the podcast, go back and watch it because it's really, it's, it's a very interesting topic. It makes you really kind of look at yourself and be like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. There's this Oof. book called Attached. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good one. It is. I recommend it to all my friends that are having sort of, you know, relationship struggles or whatever. They're like, why am I doing the same things over and over? I'm like, mm-hmm. you need to learn about yourself. Read yeah. the book Attached. And I don't, I certainly don't know everything. I am not in the mental health space at all. But I will tell you what, Attached, I feel like that changed my life after a particularly bad, uncomfortable breakup where I was questioning I was questioning reality and I read that and I learned so much more about myself and and the the things that I was maybe not picking up before. But to your point too, when you talk about how this can really impact you emotionally, you know, something I wanted, wanted to ask you about too is I've had friends and, you know, myself go through experiences and we feel like we get tricked by people or whatever. And there comes a point where you, you might feel embarrassed, honestly, mm-hmm. even sharing that story. And then that further seeks to isolate you when you mentioned maybe these people might target people that don't have support systems. Mm -hmm. So can you talk about the importance of a support system in this space? It is vital. So if if we kind of shame and guilt. And so if anyone has like, you're looking for another book to read or to talk about anything, Brene Brown, like I drink that Kool-Aid, she's amazing, but she talks a lot about vulnerability and shame and guilt. And so like to be able to let people see us and to, um, and not necessarily like in a love scam way, but to be vulnerable and say, Hey, like this happened to me, especially to like our, our family members, um, our, our really good friends that we've known for a long time and say, Hey, like I'm a real person. And this happened to me. I think it, it helps one, bring us people close up, uh, bring people closer to us. And so that we can be, we can be vulnerable with them. Like we can help build trust back. Like, okay, I'm, it wasn't this shame of, oh, me, I was just stupid. And that's why I fell into this. No, you're not, you're not stupid for falling into this. These people are professionals at this. They're very good. Um, they're, they're key manipulators who know how to do it. Um, but being able to be vulnerable with a friend or a family member to say, Hey, this, this happened to me. One, I think you'll get a lot of people who be like, Oh my gosh, that's happened to me too. Or, Oh, I, I know someone like that. And so you'll feel much more normalized. Um, but you won't have to carry around that, like this sense of, um, I don't want people to see that I'm flawed or imperfect, which allows us just to be ourselves. We don't have to be, um, 
so yeah if you've ever like anything Brene Brown I think would be a really great topic to talk about but it talks a lot about that okay yeah Brene Brown everybody write that down put it mm. in your Amazon mm. checking account check your yeah. Amazon uh cart card or whatever it's called whatever order yeah. it online you know where to get your books <laughs> so when we talk about what these people are doing and how these people are professionals are there any sort of warning signs that we can watch out for to make sure that we're not well to at least give ourselves the best possible chance of not falling victim to kind of love scams um yeah the the biggest one and i think this is like it sounds ridiculous you're like oh yeah they, they know how to slip it in is having someone ask for money or someone wanting to get in in um, some sort of entanglement with you financially and they make promises, I'll pay you back, don't worry about it. And so it they're reassuring. But if you are dating someone and you haven't been, if you haven't not seen this person, you've not interacted with them hugely and they start asking you for money, it is a red flag. Um, and I think there's always like, there, there's this looming fear of, okay, but what if they really need it? Or what if I'm saying no and then I'm the jerk? be the jerk. This is a boundary that we need to have with, with new partners to say, Hey, I need to keep myself safe. And if you can't, if that's not okay with you, then I'm not okay with you. If someone cares about you enough and wants to get to know you enough, they'll be patient. They will wait. They will, they will nurture that and they will actually support you. And I'd be like, yes, this is a bad situation. Do not, I should not be asking you for money. I have friends. I have family. I can do what I need to do to make this work. I do not need to ask a stranger for this. And so that's the biggest one. If someone is asking you for money um, or, or, or asking for you for a gift card, say no, no, thank you. And be very firm with it. So and we got to exercise strong boundaries. That's kind of what I'm hearing just in yes. general. And, and boundaries are awful. Um, they're good. They're very good, but um, they're painful. And so we say it really off the cuff of like, oh, just set a boundary with this person. Very, very painful. Because the second we set a boundary, people tend to, they, they react to it. So even in like good, healthy relationships where maybe you have a, like in a family, you're like, Hey, like, no, I'm not going to do this. No, I'm not going to come early to Thanksgiving anymore. Cause I don't want to help set up. The reaction is, Oh, you don't care. Like, and they, they get mad and that scares us and puts us kind of in like, Oh, okay. I've done something wrong. Nope. You're not, that doesn't just because someone reacts to a boundary doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. This person just has to adjust to your boundary. Um, and so boundaries are, they're hard. They're hard to do, but they they're important. Hard. They are important and they are very hard. I can attest to that for sure. Also, I just have to say, I can't think of the word entanglement anymore without thinking about uh, the Smiths. And that's the only thing I think about when I hear the word entanglement. So when you said financial entanglement, I was like, oh, she's talking about her relation and relationship entanglement at the Red Table Talk. Anyway, side note, always makes me think of that. Uh, if you don't know the story, Google it. It's very juicy. Um, I will ask you, obviously, you know, we're not perfect. Last question I want to ask you before mm -hmm. we go here. Yeah. We're not perfect. We're going to get into these situations. These people are yeah. very tricky. As you said, they're professionals. So mm -hmm. if we are tricked, what can we do to minimize the damage financially? Yes, but not only that, also emotionally and, you know, physically sometimes. So um, one, financially, you know, cut, like um, put blocks and safeguards on your credit cards, on all your bank accounts, um, change accounts, do not share, dispose anything. Um, that, that is going to be the best way to protect yourself financially. And then report it. If someone has, has stolen money from you, report it. I think people are embarrassed to call the cops, call the police. Um, if it is happening to you, I guarantee it's happened to someone else by the same person. And so protect future people from this happening too. Um, but then kind of what you were talking to uh, before, 
tell people that this happened to you. Do not be ashamed of it because if we don't want this to be this long-term traumatic thing, we need to bring our support system close to us. Say, hey, this happened to me. It was devastating and let them support you. But also seek um, seek support in like online support groups. You will see that this has happened to a lot of people. Um, and then you'll get to, you'll hear stories and it'll feel very validating of like, yes, I wasn't this, this dumb, dumb, the distance, see the signs. And a lot of some of the signs will become clearer, um, but definitely talk about it um, physically. Like if you're meeting someone, make sure you have some sort of safeguard in place. Not hopefully this person won't hurt you or anything like that. They are just kind of scamming you. Um, but making sure that like when you are, if you are meeting up with someone, this is good for just all dating, online dating, meet up with them in a public place. Tell someone you're going somewhere so that they, they you have like an accountability person. Say, I will text you when I get home. I'll call you when I get home. Um, we just want to keep everyone safe. Share that location. Yeah, My girlfriends and I always did. Share that location. We had a little group and we were like, okay, this is where I'm going. Just so you know, this is where I last place I've been. <laughs> I don't text that. It takes you in two hours. Mm-hmm. Call me. Help Absolutely. me out here. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Claire, thank you so much for this. Yeah. This has been so helpful. Such a valuable conversation. Uh, hopefully we can help some people not get tricked out there. I appreciate your time here on the Three Things to Know podcast. Thanks for inviting me. I think you know by now that I am a fan of talking it out. So I was very happy to hear Claire talk about the need to talk it out. I mean, it is true. It's so easy to get isolated and be embarrassed when something like that happens to us. You might not want to share about it, but there are lots of good reasons to do it, as Claire told us. So we'll take her advice and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll learn something from it. And hopefully we can share that and pass that on to friends that are having hard times. It's tough. It takes a long time to get to know people, especially in the online dating space. It does seem so easy for people to carry out these scams online you know there are there's only so much you can do yes you can make sure that you FaceTime before you meet someone or zoom chat or video call or however it is that you do it you can actually even video call I think in a lot of these dating apps now I think it's kind of built right in to the platform so you don't even necessarily have to give out your number or your email or anything really personal but on the flip side of that they don't have to give you their name or their number or their email or anything personal so it's a uh, it's two-sided It is two-sided for sure. There's going to be people who want to protect themselves from us, and then we want to protect ourselves from other people, and so on and so forth. But in that vein, I am going to recommend that we all get out into the real world. So here's what you need to know in NEO. There are lots of new places popping up in the greater Cleveland and the Northeast Ohio area right now, and one of them that I'm going to recommend to you is it's a combined place. It's a PINS and a 16-bit bar and arcade. And it's in Ohio City, it's on West 25th, right by the West Side Market. And these places are super fun, you guys. Pins has duck pin bowling, and there are cocktails, and there's snacks and stuff too. And 16-bit bar and arcades, they've got those old arcade games, you know, like Atari, and Frogger, and Duck Hunt, and uh, the boxing games, and some of those like race car driving games. Lots of fun. These are fun places to go with your friends maybe meet someone or you know if you did connect with someone online I'm not telling you not to do that by any means maybe this is a good public place to go and have that first outing or even just just go by yourself with your friends and have fun not everything has to be a date of course but this is a good spot across the board a lot of fun I have been to pins and 16-bit bar and arcade and I will tell you it is some good throwback fun so that's what you need to know in NEO and 
that brings me to a good follow. So another neighborhood, this neighborhood is near and dear to my heart. I'm a little bit partial because I lived in the warehouse district when I first moved back here to Cleveland and the Flats East Bank is right there. So I'm going to recommend that you follow Flats East on Instagram and you might be thinking that's obvious. Why should I just follow a neighborhood? It's not obvious because there's an imposter account. The imposter account is Flats East Bank and that is not the account. You'll quickly see that it's not the account because there's no profile photo, there's no post, it's got like 31 followers or whatever. So the account to follow is Flats East. And that will keep you up to speed on all of the things that are coming into that neighborhood. And the reason I specifically mentioned the Flats East Bank is because there is a ton of new stuff there. There's a brand new development that just went up on the waterfront, a ton of cool spaces there. So I am confident if you check that out, you're gonna find a place that fits your vibe because there's a lot of different things going on in the Flats. I'm telling you all, the Flats in Cleveland, this is where it's at right now. It's a, it's a revitalization and it's really a cool thing to see. Lots of good stuff going on there. So check that out, Flats East on Instagram. And if you are out and about in the Flats East Bank, you can also hashtag Flats East for a repost. That might be a good idea if you are trying to connect with someone that hangs out in that neighborhood. Maybe you can discover each other's posts, strike up a conversation, a real one, not based on somebody, you know, scouring your social media, looking for clues and tips and things like that. So that is a good follow for you. I highly recommend it. And that brings us to a close for this episode of the Three Things to Know podcast. Thank you all for hanging out with me. I appreciate you very much. If you are enjoying the show, give it a subscribe on the WKYC YouTube page if you're watching this on our streaming platform. Thanks for watching or if you're listening on a podcast. Thanks for that too. And may I recommend, if you're enjoying it, leave a rating and a review on one of those podcast platforms and share it with your friends. Because as we say here on the Three Things to Know podcast, sharing is caring. And it does help us connect with more people here in Northeast Ohio. And really, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. All right, my friends, I will see you back next time with more Three Things to Know. Thanks for listening to Three Things to Know with Stephanie Haney from WKYC Studios. Subscribe now to stay in the know.